0: This is Purple Radio On Demand.
1: Hello and welcome to Who's Up Podcast. I'm Freya and I'm here with Christian. Morning. Joseph. Good evening. And Ollie.
2: Good afternoon.
1: And uh, this week just doesn't exist. There is no such thing. <laughs> no,
3: and that's the end of the, the podcast. Freya,
0: what, what day is it? What day is it? We, oh, we yes! For this.
1: We did prepare for this. Happy Ed Balls Day, everyone. It comes around quicker every year.
2: <laughs>
0: Hang on, what? Ed,
2: Ed Balls,
1: Balls Day.
0: day. <laughs> it, it's the day that? where Ed Balls said, Ed Balls. Uh, when when <laughs> he just tweeted so his own
1: name. <laughs> I didn't see it trending today. I hope it's not dying out. That, that would be really sad.
0: I mean, for context to everyone else, Frey has an extension where if you click on it, it turns all the words on the page to Ed Balls.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just like a basic Chrome extension, but it's all variations of it. So it'll be like Balls, Ed, Ed Balls, Ed Balls.
0: <laughs> Admittedly, <laughs> like, there's not many variations you can I give to so those intense, two words I of Ed and Balls, but <laughs> there we are anyway <laughs> I'm uh, yes. about i human really just, race. I really wanted to start with
1: that yeah, never it's,
2: heard it's, of this before but i'm okay
1: <laughs> i mean well we might as well talk about ed Balls, so, considering that the episode we're supposed to be talking about doesn't actually exist
2: yeah no, no such thing of course
1: <laughs> and even if you're saying that's us make a joke is it quite literally doesn't exist anymore
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is true. true that is true <laughs>
1: Um, Until this
0: animation
2: just, came Yeah, back. yeah,
1: luckily we have a very lovely animation. But yes, we are talking about the macro terror, but there is no such thing as macro. Do you think that's why the BBC
0: burnt the tapes? They like, <laughs> it's no such that's thing absolutely so. the reason. <laughs> the control was like, remove the tapes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> then who, who decided to animate it? It's un- unbelievable.
0: Oh my God. The animation is actually quite nice. Yeah. Um, Polly has this weird haircut that just is interesting vibes, but (laughs) um, compared to how I complain about other animations looking weird, this one's probably the closest to looking all very natural. Uh, I don't even complain about how bad Ben's face looks in in this one.
2: Mm. Yeah, when I was watching it online, my brother sort of just came into my room and he went, what are you watching? (laughs) It It was very funny.
0: Yeah, so um, the reanimation actually comes with a colored version. Um, But, of course, this is a first and second Doctor eras. We will be watching in black and white. Um,
3: The disapproves of colored animations.
0: I actually saw parts of this in color while I was specifically editing it into black and white. And I was like, this is really pretty. But no, Uh, (laughs) I just just strongly disagreed with it. I mean um Hawaiian in 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 the alumni chat he uh he makes memes with the colored versions and I hate it every time because it's distinctly not the version you're supposed to be watching like just just watch the nice black and white versions um in some regard Freya watched uh, the movie Nightmare Alley with me last year and we watched it in color but there was um there's a version of it made specifically to be in black and white and I've shared pictures of this uh version in black and white to Freya and I think uh she'd agree that like
2: I certainly appreciated
0: them like there are certain scenes that look better in black and white because they're made to be in black and white uh I'm not saying that Macrotera necessarily follows that but you know, some of the colour choices they made were to deliberately work in this. And yes, monochrome is a bit more boring, but it has its own charm to it in certain parts.
1: Yeah, I was talking about this, and I do think it's better in black and white, specifically because it makes things more menacing mm-hmm. because the controller would not scare me half as much. Uh, well, it doesn't, it's not really scary, but it wouldn't like feel as unnerving to me as it mm. does. If it was in colour, you know, the- I don't think. I, the idea of just like the black and white TV screen and a menacing face, all completely devoid of soul and colour, it's, it's, Quite a, a menacing thing to see, and if you put color to it, yeah. it just and, you know, really like, makes it a bit um, too basic.
0: But you know, it's like That's the the, to- the macro, like walking through the shadows. It's not going to work quite as well if you have quite a varied color palette. I think it's mm. just this idea that they're coming out of the blackness um, with their glowing eyes. That's somewhat interesting. I mean, I'm sure it works in color as well, you know, but it has its charm and I think it's worthwhile to just watch it in the way it was made and screened yeah. because it's a good story and yes. it doesn't take away from it as in black and white
1: No and I think, honest, the, I was... think it gives extra sort of um, focus to like the idea of light and shadow as they sort mm-hmm. of scuttle around so yeah sorry what were you saying? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no I was wondering It. I was thinking as we were watching it why if they could do an animated recreation of it why would they put it in black and white and no. i guess i'm finding out now they didn't christian's just stuck in the past they
0: they they, <laughs> they actually they, they they make two copies of these things so um when power of the Dice was reanimated the um the standard edition features both the uh version and the uh original black and white. The deluxe edition of Power of the Daleks comes only in black and white. They straight up remove the choice to watch it in colour again. It's (laughs) it's an interesting choice, but it puts you right back. Um, The thing is, uh, when you look at uh, black and white television, um, the colours used for that are often quite different to what you'd expect people to be wearing. The Daleks being silver with uh, blue—I want to say blue balls—that sounds terrible. Uh, <laughs> with blue orbs, um, the Daleks are silver with, with blue orbs, like. That wouldn't really be the colour choice for the Daleks, and we view them as a classic, but the reason RTD's Bronze Daleks works so well is just because it is the nicer design, but if you made it black and white, it just really wouldn't work or stand out. Um, Their orbs are like this darker brownie uh, bronze while their casing is lighter, but that wouldn't work on television in black and white. So there are reasons for these things to be fair. Um, Not not that... I, I am being a purist on it, but also uh, when we watched this first time two years ago, I also, I didn't actually recolor it to Black and White back time. so whenever VLC went to the next episode, people saw it in color for a second, and I then turned it all the way down um, to everyone's disappointment. That was very fun. Anyway, the story then. Um, so two stories have a very classic archetype to them, and I was joking to this uh about this to martin in the lecture theater basically um two and co arrive on a base they are accepted as strangers but slightly frowned upon there is a good guy or that will still jail the doctor and there's also a security guy that's evil and is gunning for the good guy's job this happens multiple times in multiple different episodes it it happens like quite often Uh, power of the dogs is the fastest um idea i have there of a similarity um, it It is works. certainly
3: a recurring theme
0: <laughs> It works, it's the same as um, second half of two's era is all based on the siege, I mean this was also based on the siege but it gets more based on the CG um, Luckily it works and doesn't quite overstate it's welcome because 2 is hilarious in all the jabs he pulls out um, <laughs> but the stories are very basic and similar in type and during this era is what I'll point out
2: Think I've the only uh, two episode I've seen other than this is two of the Cybermen. So oh, I don't think that's that a good one. Like that, it's a very good one. I really really like it, but it's uh, it's not in that style. So I'm curious to see some of these other episodes. Um, that you talk about
0: Enemy of a World was also kind of like that. Um, although Enemy of a World was nice security guard, evil dictator, um, but it kind of just always plays around these power dynamics. With two other the Cybermen, um, there was still that element somewhat, because we had the, um, we had Professor Parry as being the head archaeologist, but we also had the, um, the guy um, who just wanted to resurrect the Cybermen. And oh, well, I our, suppose so. So he was our classic bad guy, but, you know, the head of the expedition was the archaeologist.
2: Mm.
0: So there was still some elements of that. In it. So, like, it's a bit reframed but there is still that dynamic between external cast who trusts the doctor who doesn't trust the doctor etc. I suppose so. Um, I, I don't mind it, it's just it's very evident it happens all the time um, as for example uh, Ben and Polly being relegated one way or another during stories. In this story Ben and Polly actually have more agency but even Ben gets mind washed behalf of it. Um, <laughs> and like The stories find Increasingly creative ways to get rid of Ben and Polly. Uh, in the faceless ones, they're just gone for three episodes. <laughs> they just it's the final story, and they disappear for half a story. That's that's what happens during certain episodes.
2: Um, well, to I, be I, fair, what happened with Ben was very interesting. I mean, it wasn't Ben's character, I suppose, mm-hmm. but it was a very interesting concept.
0: Oh yeah, I don't think Matt Criteria is necessarily worst at this, but it, it still does happen sometimes. Um, I think Ben and Polly, I like Ben and Polly, but you can tell that the writing was more and more shifting toward two and Jamie doing these things. Um, Yeah. You know, Ben wasn't written favourably in the story, not that he had a choice. Uh, And and Polly, while competent, I don't think in the end really did much anyway. Mm. Jamie's the one who ran away from the mines. Polly stayed behind. She just kind of vibed in her own way. Um, yeah,
3: you don't really need either of them. You could definitely remove them.
0: Yeah, and that's why we get Victoria and then Zoe, to be fair. Um, but Jamie is the main staple for for classical reasons. Like, we all know that Jamie's everyone's beloved. Um, of course. So, uh, main plot of this, I guess, um, first of all, this politics. We play around the idea of um, this is a colony... Um, Everyone has to be happy, listen to the controller, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um and then um and then then, then we uh, have the I guess analogies to the environment with the poison gas and, and mining it and we find out that the controller is a bunch of crabs in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> well, i I like crazy it's free free macro in a trench coat is who controller is.
2: It did seem a lot like 1984, you know, like the book 1984 in the mm-hmm. sense of society's entirely controlled, except it's an element of mind control and not just really clever manipulation, which I guess just Doctor who verifies it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it, it's classic uh, how to dealt with social issues, I guess. Um there were some nice elements as well. I quite like Cheese Character in this episode, like joking about having derived ge- of a uh, chemical gas formula, uh, and then giving himself eleven out of ten when he realizes that uh, <laughs> it took them weeks to figure out.
1: That's adorable. Wasn't it even actually. like years. I loved that. Months love at the least.
0: Um, <laughs> the other part of this episode, I feel like deserves some discussion, is um, is the music choices um i i think the Macra theme in particular whenever they're, they're they're appearing and manifesting is rather um is rather cutesy actually and then we have a whole whole segment about jamie having to learn to dance uh and that was really well played comedy i think everyone in the theater was laughing at that part when he oh, so, yeah, when he off. flings
1: himself out the door
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's just the guards on the other side and the The way the doors open and close is perfect comedic timing, just as they approach closer each time. Um, I'm not sure how smoothly that would have been pulled off in live action, but certainly with the animation being able to time it, it it works really well. Yeah. Um, For Louis' sake... uh, God, I can't believe I'm going to talk about this. Um, The episode has one thing we never see in the animation. So the animations are usually scene for scene, but at the start of this episode, in the TARDIS, what happened um, was that it was, I think it was this episode, if not, it'll be another animation, but it's worth discussing anyway, Uh, it was this rough and tumble in the TARDIS, um, and there was some like shenanigans where the characters kept changing clothes in the wardrobe, wardrobe, uh, I think to do with like a, a tumble dryer or something, and it just, It would have been quite comedic in person to see all these characters wearing different clothes across multiple scenes at the start. But the animation budget decided, no, that's too much effort for, like, one minute of footage.
3: I'm not sure. That is tragic.
1: That's so sad. I love little domestic moments like that. Like, it's really... Some of the best bits of Who, to be honest, are like the little domestic moments in the TARDIS that remind you that, like, they live together all the time; that they are best friends. It makes you more invested in what happens later. So actually, that's really quite sad. But that that's yeah. Well, then.
0: interestingly, was actually quite. An... There was actually contention about that scene being removed because some people complained that, like, if you're not animating the whole episode, why are you doing it? On the yeah. other hand, I'm quite aware that the budget these teams have to work on isn't that big, so they can't stretch themselves completely. Um, I personally think it's a shame that they didn't animate it, but I understand their reasons why, and I'm not about...
1: Oh, same. Like, well, yeah. like, I understand why, but it's not... And it's like, not you know, at the it's, end of the world, but I wish that you know, whoever sets scene. the budget had set more, you know? It's, it, it's,
0: it's a it's shame. It's one scene for me to be able to watch two more hours of classic Doctor Who featuring the macro that, we, you know, because of what people are interested in seeing. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's quite. Nice to have it nonetheless, and I think the people who complain about it too much just kind of need to touch grass a bit and realize that it's <laughs> like, yeah, it's a shame that we don't have it, but we are nonetheless gaining 100 minutes of animation that was otherwise telesnaps that no one wants to watch. Like, you can still listen to the audio for it if you'd like, um, and you can w- watch the two telesnaps making up, you know, two frames a minute of uh, action. But it's nice we got the whole thing and like, otherwise, it's quite a nice, nice package.
2: If you want to be annoyed at anyone, be annoyed at the uh, the BBC who originally threw away the footage, meaning we couldn't just watch the original episode.
0: My favourite joke of the burning of footage is that um, after Pyramids of Mars, um, in the DVD collection, there's this uh, special edition thing of uh, Tech uh, living domestic life. Um And he talks about an instance where he was talking to the TV producer, showing off his skills, um, and and he was showing off his uh, pyrokinesis, uh, burning various tapes. And only later did they realize they burnt this thing called Fury from the Deep, which was... (laughs) (laughs) It it, it was played off really... uh, really dry so it was quite a a nice joke and obviously gabriel wolf's voice as sutek is really nice uh nice to just kind of underpin that um but this is not a pyramids of mars podcast so um the 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 other episode we watched this week um was, was was gridlock which um i think i'll say myself first of all um the Macro Terror is a better start than Gridlock. Uh, I agree.
1: Yeah, I'd agree
0: with that. Like, I feel... Gridlock, I mean, classically, I have to say this, Gridlock was the first full episode of Doctor Who I watched. Um, really? So as a kid... Yeah, as a kid... I always forget that. As a kid, uh, I saw the last five or ten minutes of Smith & Jones. I missed Shakespeare Codes. Where I remember Kidney throwing a temper tantrum,
3: uh,
0: <laughs> and finally, I managed to tune in the week. Actually, yeah, my grandfather was visiting England, and we had to spend time with him instead. It was awful.
1: Um, <laughs> terrible.
0: And and yes, the week after the first episode of Doctor Who, I fully
1: watched was Gridlock.
0: God, um, and that was the era so where I... you
1: had to like tape stuff.
0: Yeah. Horrible. No, terrible. <laughs> um, remember tapes. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't no. watch Gridlock for ages after, actually. Uh, uh, Shakespeare Code for ages after until I managed to uh, catch up on iPlay because at that time, iPlay was only keeping things for like a week at a time as well. So you couldn't just jump on whenever. It was rather uh, cumbersome. Mm. But yeah, so, um, so Gridlock was my first story. It's It's kind of hard for me... To fairly rate the story. I hardly think it's the best story ever, but like I'm just kind of blindsided by it because you can't ever really rate your first story of Doctor Who very accurately. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> that is true. Exactly. Me with 11th hour.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's a nice story. I really like novice Hay. I I I I like the actress who plays her because she also plays um plays a character in the audio dramas. Um, Wait, who? She plays Di Menzies with a Sixth Doctor and Charlie. You'll get very much oh no,
1: yeah, yeah, no, she, I know about Di Menzies. She she
0: she plays a she plays her in her natural uh, Manchester accent. So oh, nice. it's 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 so like I could never put the two characters together because they just sound so different. Um, but it's a nice story. I mean, not much happens. We have a. Uh, We have my favorite uh, himbo, Chris Quedge, uh, kidnap Martha Martha, uh, and take them down to the bottom of a motorway, where suddenly (laughs) there are crabs there. Um...
2: No, there's nothing at the bottom. There's nothing there. (laughs) (laughs)
1: There's no such thing.
2: The thing, the thing I wonder about Gridlock, and I was thinking this when we when we watched it. What really was the point of having having the macro there? Because, right if you think about it, if you remove the macro from the episode, it means there's less immediate danger for Martha and that's sort of it. It doesn't have any real effect on the plot. Well, I think... So for not a main villain, for just a sort of random threat at the bottom of the motorway, which is worth having, like, there seems like a very random time to bring I mean, back a classic villain. I, mean, I suppose it's going anything, on the, the
1: whole think, thing with the gas. Plus I there think, needed to be some kind of threat yeah, on that I motorway. Think, I think actually that's kind
0: of mm. exactly why the macro are back in some way. Because the macro really, the macro terror only works because it's a rather contrived reason for it to work. Somehow the macro managed to invade the control room without anyone realising and, uh, like, you know, just take over this whole base of operation somehow. But it's a very contrived reason, and actually big crabs as your enemy don't really work in any other circumstance other than the macro um, Here, um, the real plot is, isn't is the monsters, that's just a way to give urgency. The real plot is like just exploring these humans and realizing what happened to new, 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 new Earth, right? Mm. so the macro aren't really that big dropping them down as an enemy we have no idea what macro are as kids we have we don't know they're connected to the classic era but we don't really need to know what macro are they're just giant cramps meanwhile for the fans of classic 2 seeing that the macro are brought back is actually rather nice because they can see that the show is trying to pull back to its roots as well it's just this nice gesture by rtd to say we are working back to connect to the original series whereas at this point we had Daleks and Cybermen, but we didn't have, you know, that many major throwbacks. Yes, Autons too, um, of course, but like, you know, we didn't have many major throwbacks, so like seeing something from the second Doctor era must have been quite nice. Um, just yeah, Especially that
1: far back as well, like in the timeline, it's, it's not just chucking in something, like the most iconic things, or yeah, say back. something from Seven zero or whatever because it was more recent but it's actually yeah, taking it's like, something that only really exists in telesnaps and it's like, putting yeah, it in.
0: Far back it literally doesn't exist otherwise so actually for some fans it's nice to see the macro animated again because yeah. otherwise you can't um,
2: It does I mean, seem a bit wrong to me though that you bring back the macro And sort of take away the thing that's interesting about them, which is like the dictator thing, the controlling thing, and just make them into beasts. That seems like a shame to me. I
0: mean, I enjoyed the... Well, I I think it's a shame that Macra didn't have their booming voices back. I quite wanted to just hear a Macra (laughs) shout down for them to come closer. Um, I think it's a shame, but... I mean, in the... um, It's elaborated more in the Rose novelization. But what I quite like uh, about the nesting consciousness in Rose is that uh, the nesting consciousness in the classic era is like this tentacular cube, basically, Um, whereas in Rose, it's this gelatinous blob with like this kind of mouth screaming out or whatever. Um, And the reason behind that is because the time war caused it. Um, It's not said explicitly here, unfortunately, but it would have been quite cool if Somehow we got a nod that the, the Time War somehow caused the Macra to develop or devolve into this state where they have no uh, consciousness anymore. Um, that would make some sense. Say, like, you know, it would be kind of cool to say, because the Gridlock deals with the Time War anyway. So to say that they are a victim of the Time War, that their timelines got rearranged to mean they have to work, like live at the bottom of this massive motorway and work off scraps rather than being higher up in the hierarchy that would have been interesting i guess um because it's already happened with the nesting consciousness um alas the, the macro are just vibing as crabs as this generic <laughs> threat for market uh, for martha to uh, escape from
2: yeah it is good that they had a threat down there it just seems a bit strange to me that it was macro if they were going to reintroduce the macro that it would be in that context but it is it is Probably good that they brought them back at all, I suppose.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, the other motives of this episode well, first of all, the episode does a lot of referencing. So it has um, has various passages being famous paintings, um, which got pointed out multiple times in the lecture fitter. Um, but I guess the two main things, or the one main thing even, is just it was basically a discussion about drugs in some ways. Uh, about using chemicals for various emotions. Um, yeah, I don't know how much to comment on it. I'm, I, I'm kind of blindsided there on just this being the first episode I watched. Like, I feel like it's decent commentary, but it doesn't really go deeply into it either. I feel it's quite contrived that um, they did one of the classic things where, where everyone loves to hear Shouty 10 being really authoritative. But Ten being shouting to the street vendors, being like, "The next time I come back here, you'll all be shut down." VN, like, why did they shut down? It was literally him shouting them to shut down means nothing because he's a stranger to them, and I doubt they'd really pay heed to him. But it did at least give us a scene where people enjoy shouting heads. So um, it does make me one... to, uh, slightly like,
2: weird. To to what extent does he have? A right to do that because he's just sort of arrived here he doesn't really know what he they know are any
0: of the ecosystem right
2: yeah he doesn't know the context he doesn't know like their lives he doesn't know anything just to say oh this place is shutting down they haven't done anything wrong to him like he's just experienced a completely unrelated bad thing with Martha being kidnapped and he's just grumpy
0: yeah and like you could put it down to him being grumpy but I don't think 10 usually reacts in the way that he does it was rather erratic um mm-hmm. And I feel like people, like, because it's a nice scene because David Tennant's acting quite well there. But in the structure of the episode, it doesn't, like, really make much sense other than, oh, yeah, this is a scene where Ten gets to be authoritative and edgy and all that, which people generically enjoy. Because that's about it just kind of, like, I'm willing to say they shut down because the rest of New York reopened. But I feel like the implication behind the episode is that they shut down because Ten told them to shut down. Um, and it just doesn't ring that it makes much sense in my head I never
2: got Yeah, you know, a better thing to, to
1: say would be like you shouldn't be doing this rather than I will close you down like mm-hmm. it's very much a more doctory thing to do than think about it is to say think about what you're doing and stop this for your own good and find a better job rather than yeah. saying you like, will be shut down and I will make it happen.
0: <laughs> Like, I mean, he's been on New mm. Earth before, but, like, he just doesn't know society. It's, it's yeah. so many
2: years past. He spends all his time in, like, give or take a few millennia in around the 21st century, and he's five billion years off his normal territory. So what does he know? Exactly. A similar scene, which I question, is um, when Martha is talking to, to her kidnappers, and one of them's pregnant, and she's wearing the... I don't remember what it is, like a calm thing. And yeah, she says, yeah. Honest- you're having no, a baby honesty. and you're wearing that? Oh, yeah, honesty. And she goes, you're, you're having a baby and you're wearing that? Terrible. And sort of fair enough, Martha's a doctor, a medical person. But at the same time, like, it's how does she time. know this is going to be yeah, harmful exactly. yeah, to the Yeah, it's baby. not hard time
1: she doesn't know. And it's actually really judgy, kind of. Because yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not like drugs in the sense that we understand them.
0: It's mm. very holier than vow, is her attitude. Mm. Like, I think for both of them, it, it kind of takes a weird angle. Like, why are you being angry at these people whose situation you clearly don't understand? Yeah. Um it, Even, like, when uh, Ten goes off on the two, uh, quote, sisters, they're married. Um, when he goes off and, like, points out how there's clearly no police and no nothing. Like, who are you to ruin their hope? Like... Clearly, they've been, like, they've explicitly said they've been here for, like, 20 so many years. Why ruining their hope? What power do they have? You know, you're just going to make a, a bunch of people depressed when they clearly can't escape, and you're offering no solution to them? I mean, I yeah, because at that extent...
1: point, his, his uh, thing is still, like, his main aim is still to just take Martha and go. Yeah.
2: At I this mean, point, extent, like, he's, he's not, not given any out. indication
1: that he's going to keep trying to help them like obviously he's gonna but mm. also martha's his aim not helping any of them and yet he's destroying their hopes anyway just on the way through
0: i mean it's a very weird attitude right yeah
1: it, um, it feels a little out of character i'll have to say i, I, I mean to some extent it. he's he is
2: still trying to find out what's going on like he says have you ever seen a policeman sort of trying to make them realize that they haven't but also he doesn't actually know so he is trying to discover this information he's just doing it in a slightly okay, odd way but
0: yeah i mean the way he does it though uh, i feel like his tone of voice is rather patronizing yeah it's, like,
1: it's yeah. quite inconsiderate
0: because like, like i feel like he knows the answer and i think he knows they know the answer but it, it like um flanagan's wife is like she tries to tell him to shut up and he doesn't she, like he's not quiet at all like she wants him first and then he goes on to sisters instead like he's just pushing his boundaries but I, I think it's a rather rude approach for mm-hmm. a society that is clearly struggling
2: yeah yeah I agree
0: um but yeah then we have uh then we have uh novice haim uh, and we get to see the the citadel and how it's dead and I I really like that scene where the lights first come on Um, how it just pans across and we just see so many like dead bodies it's a quite I don't think it's a deep realization but like the way it's explained how it was a new drug and like it's quite a quite a nice moment. Um,
1: Actually I love that alongside the sort of underlying thing about the time war too because it's sort of invoking similar feelings that Doctor felt for Gallifrey obviously not to the same extent but invoking those similar feelings in us because we saw that planet we saw the Doctor and rose on that planet and now we're seeing it with one of its residents completely trashed nothing left and you mm-hmm. sort of have that realization that all of those characters that you saw so hopeful back in that time um have been completely wiped out so I think having that and then this being the episode in which Ten talks about Gallifrey, I think it works really well, actually, having those two side by side. Yes. Yeah.
2: It works even better because it's not just a random planet. It's, well, it's, it's not Earth, but it's New Earth. And although Earth is endangered a lot in Doctor Who, the world doesn't end. And even when the world ends in the end of the world, there's no one on that. All the human race has escaped. And then we see they've settled down on New Earth. But then this is like... An end of the world like this continuation of our world mm-hmm. and people have actually died and that is it's, it's almost more interesting
0: motive yeah
2: it's not the end of the human race but it's very much an apocalypse for future us not just a mm-hmm. random civilization
0: yeah and that is interesting um and of course we we'll move on to the face of bow um the face of bow stuff I like find I find it somewhat interesting <laughs> but like I feel like it's, it's more just you know the face of Bo overall while he's been an interesting one of character he has only like ever really served 10 minutes of scenes per episode he's been in um so it's nice for continuity but like um I feel like I'm more attached to novice hame than I am to the face of Bo um,
1: yeah. same, yeah that makes more sense I like- would
2: disagree but I just I just like the face of Bo. What I mean, I like the face the of Jack Bo. Thing?
0: I mean, no, I, I like I like the face of Bo. I just think Novice Hame is more interesting. Uh, the face of Bo in End of the World, he just kind of stood there, oh, bubbled there. Uh, <laughs> in 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 New Earth, the face of Bo is very good. and like the Doctor has a brief chat with him, but again, that's just about it. And in this one, the face of Bo gets his, the most agency while also dying. But on the flip side, Novice Haim, like, she was not a good character in series two, while here she's trying to be reformed. And I think that's more interesting. Mm, She's Um, definitely
1: more complex. It's nicer to see her storyline than The Face of Bo, because The Face of Bo is fairly, like, samey. He's necessary for the whole prophecy thing. But mm -hmm. other than that, he doesn't really serve much purpose, like, character-wise, whereas Novice Haim really does, because... I mean, she's looking after him and she we have seen that progression in her like over the two series, yeah. whereas the face of those p- stayed pretty much exactly the
0: same. I know I this is extra and I didn't put it on on uh, on Tuesday, but then we get uh, RTD during lockdown wrote The Secrets of Novice Hame, Um, which I believe I finally got Joseph to watch literally only like last term when I realized he hadn't watched it. Is that you correct? did indeed. It's so good uh it's a really heart-switching story so like Novice Hayden is on her deathbed basically um and she's is she like wonders whether the doctor will come to her again and he does uh and and she basically tells throughout the like seven or so minutes like stories of her life in this like wonderful music by Marie Gold um and she's ready to tell the secrets of new earth and like this kind of origin story behind new earth itself um and as she's telling the story, like she passes away. Um, so the doctor never actually hears her telling him the secret. So the secret stays buried with her, even though we hear half of it. Uh, and it's it's a really lovely story, the way it was written. Um, it's quite nice to see that in the end, RTD uh, viewed Novice Him as a, as a positive character that got fully reformed. Uh, like she served her penance and then worked for the betterment of New Earth. Um, Really I like seeing like
1: that, that in a character and especially when um, RCD's Doctor Who I think more than a lot of other new who is sort of very much defined as a, as a kid's show like that's where all the merch was like directed at and, and, mm-hmm. and everything so I think to have that sort of role model, see a character and for a kid to think oh she was a baddie, oh but she's a goodie now like introducing them to that sort of complexity in people and that people can sort of do better and Mm -hmm. learning that even if you do make mistakes you can do better and i i do like seeing that kind of morality in who especially when it's quite quite directed at kids it's it's a nice thing to grow up with seeing those characters
2: you yeah. know, you've you've convinced me now. I think Novus Heyman is, in fact, a more interesting character than the <laughs> Face of folk <Bert.
1: laughs> I mean, he's just a head you're, you're in a jar. I
0: think Face of Bone <laughs> is better, to be fair. But like, I think I think Novus Heyman is just rather like quite nice. Also, I do like the actress. Um, but no, but I agree generally. With you. Um, now. Um, I'm going to do this as a quick interlude. Uh, If you're still listening to the podcast at this point, into the chat, write in. Life before death, strength before weakness, journey before destination, and don't say why. Anyway, so uh, (laughs) as we continue, uh, to finish off, I think for Greedlock, there's one thing we've not mentioned yet, uh, and that is the story of Gallifrey.
1: Um, Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Catch me absolutely losing it. I I love Gallifrey just a little bit. The, the, this is Gallifrey music it oh, I love it so much and also I really like that this is sort of one of the snippets we get of what it actually looks like because like when you see Gallifrey and Classic Home and things it's either dusty deserts or Gallifrey really awful it, it's so dull it's you so know dull
0: what? I, think, I, I think I think Gridlock being the first episode of Kid Me Watched was a real issue because I expected Gallifrey and Classic to be far more interesting than it actually ever. Actually,
1: <laughs> same, same honestly. <laughs> and then, then you get things like invasion of time, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> They're just two, in a quarry again. Two, right. Two
0: hours, yeah. time's corridor, <laughs> two hours of corridor, baby. Two
1: hours. <laughs> oh. And it's all just like some old warehouse that's clearly <laughs> Okay,
0: in the defense of Classic Who, uh, Deadly Assassin had some nice Citadel scenes, and like the parts in the war games were quite nice because you just got to see the inside of the CIA, but also stuff like um, the five doctors just being like, yeah, the dark tower is kind of nice, but also it's literally just quarries and more quarries. It looks no different to what Omega's realm inside the black hole looks like. They're just the same.
2: <laughs> and it also just looks exactly the same as any desert or quarry on Earth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Specifically yes. in Wales, um, may I add? But yeah. Exactly. Um
2: Gallifrey is Wales confirmed. And, and, <laughs> I,
0: I, I, and I really love um, how... Um, the, the episode finishes off, you know, like it's the Doctor talking about Gallifrey and we finish by panning out to a shot of New Earth, Um, but it's specifically like reddened. And yes, the switch from it being midday to um, to dusk is rather rapid, but it's quite nice to see that sunset because it was obviously meant to be like this kind of analogy that this is a glimpse of Gallifrey in New Earth. Uh, 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 and it's, uh, it's rather nice. Just and also kind
1: of- the fact that the Doctor is lost his world um, mm. and the New Earth was also lost but yet the Doctor comes and now they have a world again and they have a community again oh and he's God. given oh. that to other people <laughs> and it's just it's just a really wonderful scene and I really love the fact that this particular episode is the one with the Gallifrey mm. undercurrent Which, and also oh, the fact sorry, that no. he's, he sits and describes Gallifrey mm. rather than um seeing pictures because obviously it would be quite hard to do that anyway like they don't have the budget for all of the things that mm-hmm. he's describing so it means that you get to have an idea of Gallifrey as this grand place and also get a look at the little details things like the silver leaves on the trees yeah, and mean, the red grass and things but, like that because I mean, it's just so lovely to see it through the doctor's eyes yeah i mean the, the thing eyes with that is like
0: there. i feel like the thing with that is. First of all, the Doctor isn't that fond of Gaffrey itself. He's more fond because it's gone now, which is quite an interesting touch. But also, RTD himself is really masterful at writing little parts of something to make you envision a massive story. Um, The way he wrote the time where, you know, like this idea that, like, if he saw Davros fly into the jaws of the Nightmare Child, like, you don't need to know what the Nightmare Child is. It's just the words he uses really invoke strong imagery, and that's what's powerful about it. Um, so he'll always do better for to, to let RTD write this rather than asking him to show it. Um, the case where tell not show is superior. Um, of course, all of his Gallifrey malarkey does not excuse Ten for being such a twat to Martha. Um, yeah,
1: honestly, he yeah. makes me so mad, and it's just it's just so incredibly frustrating. But also, I love that it, that that gives her the opportunity to show that she's a character that won't take that from (laughs) him. From this one
0: episode before the next nine episodes kick in.
1: (laughs) No, but I know she defies the doctor a lot. And I like that because she gets that, because even though she's like got a crush on him, is basically mooning after him for most of the series, right? She still is happy to defy him when she needs to. So when she can tell that he's holding back with her, she takes that chair she sits down because she knows that he's not going to leave without her and says Mm -hmm. no you have to speak to me and I like that because she does it like she's not doing it in a horrible way like she's defying him when it's for his own good and I I... I really like her sort of ambition and her assurance even though she sort of idolizes him in a way she also doesn't let that get to her head too much yeah, I mean, and she very I, much will I, challenge him when he I, needs to be challenged.
0: I love Martha and then because like we get snippets of Martha where she's really defiant in her own character. For example like in Blink where she's stuck in the past with Ten she's quite moody about <laughs> yeah. it but like it's quite, yeah. it's quite her own character and then then we get her in human nature and family of blood where yes she's her own character and the stories really revolve around her but also she's back to pining around the doctor. <laughs> and it's it's disappointing. It's weird. I
1: know because I think that there is like a balance there to be had because if you think if in human age family blood like she's doing everything she can to look after it but she's still like a bit angry about it and as soon as like um, and the joke happens and, on, and so I'm just thing. like yeah. just
0: shut like, up <laughs> like like there are parts where she's caring for him it's really cool and then there are parts where she's jealous and it's like just please let her be her own character rather than pining after the Doctor. This is why romance in Doctor Who is bad. Like, RTD wrote Rose and he wrote Martha and he permanently st- stifled it. Like, no, no more romance in my Doctor Who unless it's River. <laughs> Just leave it alone. <laughs>
2: Yeah, then Donna was amazing without She's
0: married
1: marks. now. You exactly. don't need anyone else.
0: Donna, if anything, was a, a conversation about why him writing Martha was bad. Like He straight up was like, oh, there's no mating with me, Sunshine. Like, great. Thank you. No more.
3: That's what we like to see.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking, see? The really infinite quest, right? Um,
3: where, I'm going to go back I... slightly and disagree with you both. Which part? What do you want to disagree with? I'm going to disagree with you on the Doctor's behaviour in this episode. Because I think it's completely reasonable. Which parts? When he he refuses to talk to Martha, because... Oh, I mean... uh, He's gone through all sorts of trauma, and he's facing somebody who cannot possibly understand what's happened and the magnitude of what he's gone through and things. And the idea that he should be forced to talk to somebody who cannot possibly comprehend it and who will never understand, and that he should be forced to relive that with somebody who cannot help in any way,
0: No, I think doesn't I, seem to I, me I, to be essential. I, I understand what you mean. I don't think that's the issue with Ted's character. I think the issue of Ted's character is constantly pawning Martha off, being like she's like what's what's your home planet like and he explains this and that and she's like can we go And he's like no and then he takes her to the place where he took rose and it just makes her feel like a third wheel and i think that is unreasonable like there's a balance where no he shouldn't have to talk about something that she won't understand and that's
1: perfectly reasonable they barely just met at least explaining i don't want to talk about it would be better than what he does like like, like there's, the way, there's a level of communication that needs to be had, even if it's something he doesn't want to speak like, about. I, I agree with you. He doesn't have
0: to talk about it, but I think he went too much the other way. And I mm. think he just came off rather too abrasive toward Martha's character where she deserves better. And she proved in Smith and Jones that she is able to be his equal by helping save him, right? And in, instead he just treats her, I think too much like throwaway. He doesn't have to talk about it, but I think he should be, more open to being like do you not want me to take you to where i took rose okay we'll go somewhere else because it just feels like he's deliberately taking her as she sp- explains herself to just the same place he took her ex
3: oh indeed that is certainly something you can criticize him for and is like, not i I, agree not he should have
0: to, I don't think he should have to explain himself and i think the way martha forces it is partly because she, he forced her hand into just being so blasé and constantly being like no no instead of shutting her down just say i don't want to talk about it i think he just went too far the other way um yeah i i, I mean i get it but also i think
3: yeah no see i don't i don't agree that the way he dismisses it isn't okay i think that interesting I think that's a reasonable response from him to dismiss it. But I do agree, then, deciding to take her to New Earth is not a great decision just, on his
0: part. Like, it's just like connecting with two, you can see why she'd be annoyed in any case.
3: Indeed. Uh,
0: so, yeah, it's always a stickler with these stories with Martha and Ten, where she just ends up being somehow on, on the back end of things. But anyway, yeah. that's Gridlock brief interlude for redacted episode two so we're doing this at the end of every podcast this will be just like five minutes you can skip to the questions if you want um what did everyone think of episode two and by everyone i mean ollie joseph not freya um...
1: <laughs> sorry <laughs> i'm doing summative essays it's difficult. they're 20 minutes long freya you can just
0: put it on you don't listen to it
1: no i haven't yet um actually i'm i'll need to cook dinner in a minute so yeah, I might do it then.
0: If you start now, it'll make it easier to catch up on because the 20 minutes make it digestible, in my opinion. Um, yeah. yeah,
1: well, I mean, I do hours long of big... Th- I've done, like, in the past few weeks, I've ended up doing... Yeah, oh, do you God, have- how many hours how worth many many of Benny? Benny Actually, while you're talking about this, I'll work it out. And then at the end of <laughs> uh-huh. your redacted conversation, I'll tell you how many hours of Benny I've listened
0: to. Excellent. <clears> so, redacted, what did you think of episode two?
2: I thought it was interesting it's an interesting concept just doing it completely from the point of view of someone who obviously they're looking into the doctor but they don't know who the doctor is and they've not met the doctor and it's interesting looking at it from the point of view of just a, an ordinary person
0: but what was the what was the dialogue this week oh yeah they said slide into his dms um on a on a, on a published published uh, published piece of work um, that was interesting. Yeah. That
3: was a decision.
0: I mean, I think slide into DMs is still better than blue pill. I didn't completely hate slide into DMs, but I could see myself saying that ironically. Um, but also, it's still like at points I'm feeling like it's it's dialogue written by a 40 year old thinking what 20 year olds sound like, but it's not quite what 20 year olds will say. Some of them certainly will. And there's an argument to say that, you know, like, the UK has a large demographic of people speaking differently. God forbid we know how Issy's language varies to our own. <laughs> well, um, indeed. <laughs> like, but at the same time, some of it is just like, this is, like, Slide into DMs is something that was really popular maybe, you know, four years ago. Um, I mean, it's it, still it,
1: used quite casually, but still, it is a bit outdated, <laughs> slightly.
0: But then, again, like, RTD also use language that's outdated now, so I guess... I don't hate it. I just think it's like quite telling about when these things come up. I can just I can feel them. Um, I mean,
2: it's just like in um I think it was World Enough and Time, Missy did a dab, maybe like a year or so after dabbing with popular. <laughs> oh no, that,
1: I think yeah, that was because when it a- was filming Louis Moffat told her to because uh, okay. <laughs> it was still a thing that. when he when he told her to. <laughs> and to and then fair, by the time it came out, it was really outdated.
0: Also, 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 Missy was locked in a in a in a room for however long. I feel like she's, <laughs> she's the an anachronistic time traveler that will do that. Like I completely don't mind that Missy's doing that. It is totally cringy, but also I find I don't it mind because, well, cool. no,
1: because she can be cringe. Do you know what I really want to see her going back to like a regency ball and teaching them all well how to do the robot? Like Genuinely. (laughs) Honestly (laughs) anachronisms.
2: When when dabbing was popular, I really disliked it. But now whenever I see anyone dabbing, I just find it really funny because I know everyone else will find it really funny. It's gone past the
1: point of cringe to humor again. People who know
0: me uh, somewhat will know that whenever I sneeze, what I do is catch the sneeze in my right elbow. But to counterbalance myself, I stretch my left arm out so I do delivery <laughs> dab when I sneeze. Um, and I get eye rolls every single time. It's I did it last night with my housemates. <laughs> they were both so frustrated with me. Uh, I it's find
3: myself it's hilarious.
0: It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> the Tyler sneeze. Um God. anyway. However, um, if we
3: return to redacted, there is yeah. some speculation she <laughs> had. Because of course, Rani says there are three people who knew the doctor left. She's one of them. Uh-huh. Who do we reckon the other two are?
1: Okay. Do we so have maybe... any
3: hints at all, are we, or are we just completely guessing I... In the
2: dark?
0: I don't remember. What may have been announced in the cast list, and I don't remember reading cast list, but I wouldn't be surprised if one of those is Joe Jones, um, because specifically Rani already has history with of Joe, both within Sarah Jane Adventures and also now in an audio drama in 8th of March. It was a good so one. If Joe... Yeah, it was. Um, so if Joe is one of the people that still has, uh, if still remembers the Doctor, that wouldn't surprise me, especially because it would just kind of... Um, I feel like Joe is one of those that people are quite comfortable with it now as a classic companion in you who uh, and Katie Manning loves this sort of stuff um, if if Ace was another, I wouldn't be surprised, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it's one that's more new who because you know we're currently referencing adipose and stuff during Redacted, so yeah I um, enjoyed that yeah i mean if 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 they bring um if they potentially bring someone like Graham in as one of the people who remember. Although Graham said to be missing, right? I was yeah, going to say, he's yeah that was specifically missing. said. Um, it'll be someone known... To, Imagine if it's just Harriet Jones.
2: <laughs> I mean, she's <laughs> oh, dead at this point, right?
0: Uh, no, Harriet Jones actually uh, RTD wrote a little comic strip for a kid uh, where it turns out she uh, threw herself out of the back of a window onto a mattress on the ground and bounced onto a motorbike and rode away.
3: Uh, it wasn't- <laughs> oh, of course, but it of was course. from his his book of poems. Oh, that was, yeah. was that
1: the? Oh yes, no, I have that. I, I love it. It's <laughs> a, it's, it's a really lovely book, actually. No, genuinely oh, yes. though. Uh, I- yes. I- so I- so Harriet
3: Jones did in fact survive.
1: Brief interlude to say. <laughs> Is this canon? The um, the doctor river version of um uh, what what is it technically called it's the po- uh, to his coy mistress the doctor river version of that oh, that's my I favorite love, I poem. Love to his
0: mistress
1: it's such a good poem um, and it was in it was, in the, it was in the um it was in the time traveler's wife which Moffat totally like ripped off for the doctor and river's relationship so for that to be <laughs> in the book of poems with a version for those two was quite lovely but anyway um, and now, of course,
0: me. Moffat is Sorry. making time travelers. Why?
2: Yeah, you know, uh, he
1: basically that man makes a living off writing fanfic. Literally. So,
2: Anyway, um, I love how I'm we looking keep at, moving off redacted. I'm
0: looking at the timer. <laughs> we have like eight minutes left. So okay. quickly wrapping redacted up. Um, I don't want to go over an hour. why I'm saying we have eight minutes left. Um, Quickly wrapping redacted. Like we actually can uh, The care. cliffhanger. The cliffhanger was uh, Rani again. Uh, I'm hoping she's more in the episode next time because she's been a cliffhanger both times now. Um, actually, give her give her proper content this time round, please. <laughs> it's gonna be be my my plead. Um, nice. Yeah, I mean it's nice. It's getting better. Uh, I don't remember many parts of the episode two. I just remember generally enjoying it. I think.
2: I think I just realized. I just remembered who Ronnie is.
0: <laughs> yeah, Rani Chandra in Sarah Jane <laughs> yeah. Adventures. Podcast. Yeah, no, I just clocked. I've not seen
2: Sarah Jane Adventures in a long time, That's apart from that one episode Sock in Who Right. Yes, of course. <laughs> if I've I've recovered from COVID by by then.
0: Well, we'll have it online again. Don't yeah, worry.
2: Yeah. Fair, fair.
0: Anyway, so quick fire questions. Uh, first of all, how many Macro have you not seen today? None none because there aren't any
2: macra not to see. What's a macra?
1: I've um, seen 3 of them.
0: <laughs> what what colony world would you end up breaking?
1: Um not believing in macra.
0: <laughs> I feel like my loud uh, mechanical keyboard clacking at 11 p.m. through to 1 a.m. at night would frustrate some people. <laughs> <laughs> um if you could bring back a black and white era monster, which would you choose? Chumblies. You choose the sentence. Chumblies. On- um- Honestly,
2: <laughs> the only black and white era episodes I've seen are either monsters that have already returned or an unearthly child when there weren't really any monsters. Uh, Jacob, so Jacob, I on. have I've looked through my uh, Doctor Who monsters book I have oh. here people listening to the podcast can't see and i'm quite interested in the sensorites i've not seen their episode but oh, they sound concept. <laughs> oh <laughs> you, god you,
3: you, I you was you, gonna you say Though again i haven't seen the episode
0: uh, so I.
1: Chumblies. I'm still so saying Chumblies. I like the little fat robots. Jacob
0: specifically said to pitch it in a sentence. So I'm saying the discover sex dungeons.
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually. Oh, no, I put this in a fanfiction once. The um,
0: VOD would, would be a decent thing to bring back to you And also,
1: the way I phrased that made it sound like I'd done your idea in a fanfiction. <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh, no, mine uh, would be. Um, when twelve and Missy are in the vault, Chumbly's terrorise local children's playground. <laughs>
0: oh dear. <laughs> okay,
2: it
1: my, sounds like my... you need
0: to buy the Galaxy Four animation at this point, right?
1: Yes, <laughs> I think I do. I think I do.
2: My sentence is uh, my my pitch is. The sensorites sound like an interesting concept and you could somehow link them with the Ud as they're stated to have close planets.
0: Yeah, I mean, the sensorites are a bit, they're okay.
2: No,
1: <laughs> they're the not. Line...
0: <laughs>
2: As I say, I've not seen the episode. It took me three
1: attempts to watch the episode all the way through. It has good Susan content, okay? It, it does, but it's the only thing that kept me hanging on. <laughs>
0: literally the only thing um next question for some reason were the macro the good guys um
3: right hear me out here because this was my question right hear me out until people start discovering them the colony is completely happy there are no no, problems everyone enjoys themselves
0: they are hypnotized into slave labor (laughs) no to be fair though at least they're happy they are happy (laughs) Yeah, but and you can't deny that they free are free will ha- here. Like, there's a whole philosophical discussion What
1: Free will to be depressed. depressed. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> like, they're, they're mining poison. Like, there's a whole capitalism analogy we didn't actually break into about how the macro are controlling people to do their job for them, telling them to be happy. It's another good day at work forcing them to do things like dancing to improve morale and being like, be happy. That's not happiness.
2: <laughs> yeah, but they blatantly are happy. They seem pretty happy. But to be fair, not everyone's happy because there's the odd person yeah, who sort The person of, who breaks out of their
0: mind control is clearly unhappy about it. Yeah. It's if people broke out of mind control. They would realise it's unhappy. Maybe authoritarian regimes aren't quite all that they seem and maybe aren't to be, uh, aren't to be promoted. Maybe but the, the difference... role of that episode. No.
2: The difference between this authoritarian regime and most is that most of them are trying to like make you sort of pretend to be happy or whatever. Whereas this has literally got a sort of mind control element where right. they are actually manipulating <laughs> their emotions to are. make them happy.
0: <laughs> Imprisoned however, in your own mind. How exciting!
2: <laughs> however, I do agree that they're not the good guys. But I do think it's people? an interesting question.
0: <laughs> Remember, the captors—they're not good guys. Um <laughs> next question um did hope cause more suffering in gridlock
3: no okay again i need to explain this one because this is <laughs> me again right this one has more behind it so you see it's clarified that there is an undercity and different people have joined the motorways at different times at different years but it's completely sealed off which means they were living in the undercity which means there is a civilization and a society that exists and lives yeah, underneath they live in the society. and it would be hush. <laughs> and it would be perfectly possible for them to live completely livable, normal lives in the undercity, but it's in the attempt to get to somewhere else that they all flood to the motorway which they can't get to when they could live perfectly happily in the Undercity. uh, I don't don't know if that's hope. I don't think we know
0: enough about the Undercity to be able to say that.
3: Yeah, the Undercity might be awful.
0: Like, we haven't... I I agree with your statement in principle, but, like, the girl we saw at the Star, like, clearly had quite worn-down clothing and seemed to be, like, being rather, like... um, Not in poverty, but, like, she didn't seem to be living the best of life, you know? Um, I understand what you mean, but I also... I I don't know what I can say about it because um, we don't really get to define how this Undercity works. It's one of those things I kind of have to willfully ignore because I think the Undercity opens this can of worms for potentially gridlock to just break down as a concept more than it already is kind of fragile in its own right. That's kind of where I stand on that one. Um, And finally, which emotion
2: would you be addicted to? Probably just happy. I mean, that's basically what's happening in the macro terror, yeah, right? Vibes only, right?
1: <laughs> uh, I would go for a nice dose of contemplation. I don't stop and think enough, so I would take that. Right. See, Excellent. I actually put thought into that one.
2: <laughs> and you, Honestly, You're trying to get... I, healthy, yeah, right? I'm
1: trying to, get to contemplate, yeah. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> Excellent.
0: Joseph, any emotion for you?
3: I'll take it as a blank. Um, <laughs> Joseph is uh, emotionless. Excellent. Um, Forgive me, my Zoom is playing up. You may be talking to me, but I can't hear. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: <laughs> well, when people listen to this part, it's going to be very awkward. <laughs>
3: anyway, it's okay. We're
1: could-
0: we'll wrapping
2: we could just edit that out, but we're not going to. No,
0: no, 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 I think it'll be much better. But, you, you say that
1: like I could be bothered.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's the other issue. There's an awkward pause earlier, like half an hour ago, about is absolutely not going to bother looking into the fix.
1: Um, absolutely um, not, no. <laughs> Why would I do that? So, yeah, anyway, I hope everyone enjoyed that bit. Plus, I didn't write down um, the timing, so I wouldn't know anyway.
0: Yeah, no. High to
1: professionalism um, here.
0: You're <laughs> not going to, like,
2: listen to it back or anything.
1: Yes. What?
0: None of us listened back to the podcast. Um, Hello there. <laughs> Hello there. So, General um, Next week, Freya, what are we watching?
1: Oh, well, it is uh, feeling peckish week, so we are doing a Countryside. Was it The Temptation of Sarah James Smith? <laughs> So um, yeah, we're doing spin-off things, and there are cannibals mm-hmm. involved. It's great. It's a good time. Um, yeah. So if you if you want to watch episodes about yeah, people eating people, do <laughs> you know fantasy? Countryside Countryside is actually my favourite Talk to it Episode. So I'm very much going to enjoy
2: exists. this. I've Have never seen it. they
0: four
1: would... exists. <laughs> uh, sure. that's like, really emotionally. I love well, uh, uh, if are going okay, well. okay. If we're going on quality, just the whole of children of earth wins for quality, <laughs> but for my favorite countryside wins, it's so good. It's uh, it's, it's, it's so, so genuinely bang good. Bang Kiss it's good, it's up, not bang, bang. It's not as good. It's, good. it's just anyway. We should wrap up. Why are we <laughs> to us when at the end of the, the podcast?
2: Yes, well, we'll discuss actually. Yeah, countryside podcast is gonna week. be
1: the countryside podcast is gonna be fun. So um tune in for that one. <laughs> well, I will be waxing lyrical about it, probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess we shall see you then. But for now, goodbye, everyone.
3: There you